It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, where you will hear the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. I'm your host, Mary Fanning. There's a lot happening in our country today, but some of it needs to be put in context so that people understand the history of the things that have taken place in this country. And today we're going to talk about a new piece that we have up on The American Report. The title is The Witch's Brew, The Real Hunt for Red October, K-129, Gulftainer, Uranium One, Russia's Pearl Harbor 2.0, or is it 3.0, War Plan, to sink the U.S. Navy with Club K. This also goes to the Durham report, which confirms the treasonous spies that were involved. Today I have with me journalist Alan Jones from the AmericanReport.org, and we're going to talk about a new occasional paper that we are, are just publishing. And it refers also to a previous occasional paper that we did, That title was Not Today, Sir. Trump Builds U.S. Strategic Defenses Reagan-Style, E-Improofing America. This goes to, and that piece can be found, by the way, at the Center for Security Policy. Uh, The things that are taking place today reference many of the things that took place historically. And the same global players are still involved. And in fact, some of the same players in the United States are involved, particularly those that the Durham report exposed. So in our occasional paper, Not Today, Sir, uh, there was a story. Now retired U.S. Air Force Brigadier General James R. McCarthy, he commanded a wing of the Strategic Air Command, SAC, B-52s during the height of the Cold War that kept America's nuclear weapons airborne encircling Russia 24 hours per day for decades. The B-52s comprised one leg of America's nuclear triad of bombers, submarines, and missile silos that relentlessly maintained around-the-clock deterrence against Soviet preemptive nuclear attacks on the United States. That attack could become unannounced at any moment if America should let down her guard. General McCarthy of the Strategic Air Command recalled in a documentary, there was a story that used to be told. There was a general, and he would go to the Russian premier. And the question was, is today the day we can take on the United States and we can come out ahead? The general would say, not today, sir. And our job at SAC was to make sure that every day that that was his answer. Well, that day almost came on March 8th, 1968. And that day could arrive once again. With me is my guest, Alan Jones. Alan. Thank you for that introduction. Um, The 
Strategic Air Command's job was so important because we were always on a sharp knife edge away from World War III, and it was the deterrence of the United States which held the Soviets back. They've always wanted to attack us preemptively, and I don't think that's changed. No, it's not changed. And importantly, um, what is taking place right now should be seen through, let's just say, the periscope of uh, in Russia and Ukraine should also be seen um, according to some historical, some significantly historical um, actions that, that Russia, the Soviets took against us. But our audience should understand that what's taking place in Ukraine is taking place because when Ukraine separated from Russia, the Clinton administration told them to hand over their nuclear weapons so they had no protection from an aggressor. That's foundational to what's taking place today. Beyond that, when Barack Obama was in office and they took Crimea, the Russians took Crimea from Ukraine, Obama did nothing. When the Ukrainians need, needed help and needed weaponry, he sent blankets and pillows. He did nothing toward their security. Then you have Joe Biden, longtime communist, who was put in place by a Council for a Livable World, who today is sitting funding Ukraine into World War III. That's what we're looking at. We're looking down the barrel of World War III. And Joe Biden, again, he was put in place by the Council for a Livable World. Understand the Council for a Livable World was a Soviet communist spy operation that brought him into office. And so I believe that everything that Joe Biden or whoever the puppet master is that's managing him is doing you have to consider who put him in place and where he came from, be it the Soviet silver master spy ring or Barack Obama with all of his many communist uh, engagements, his, his entire history, his mother, his father, his mentor, Frank Marshall Davis. Keep in mind, Frank Marshall Davis, Barack Obama's mentor, said when asked who his most admired were, that they were Hitler and Stalin. That is context. It's contextual to what we're watching happen today. And Joe Biden did not have to go into Ukraine. He did not have to uh, try to bring Ukraine into NATO, into NATO, and set them off, set the Russians off. But that's exactly what he did. And with the billions of dollars that we funded into Ukraine, he seems to be looking to start World War III. So this goes back to something that happened in 1968. There was a secret CIA undersea photos that came forward in a 2021 documentary called The Real Hunt for Red October. It showed the wreck of a Soviet ballistic missile submarine, the K-129, which sank on March 8, 1968, in extremely deep Pacific waters, approximately 350 miles north-northwest of Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, where the Japanese had attacked in World War II. 
This appears to confirm that the Russian submarine attempted to, to launch a nuclear strike against Pearl Harbor during the height of the Vietnam War, which would have sparked World War III. Now, this is important because we now know that the K-129, this submarine, was attempting to launch a nuclear weapon on Pearl Harbor. That is what the film and the book is about. So, Alan, these CIA, these secret CIA photos, they came to the fore only because this book and this film came out. And previously, they thought that they had recovered the K-129 and that they had only recovered half of this submarine. Now, that's important because uh, Robert Gates was going over to the Russians and letting them know that we had recovered this, there was a, an operation which was magnificent in its secrecy. Howard Hughes was running this operation. He not only ran it, but he also had two identical craft running this operation so as to distract the Soviets from what we were doing and what we knew. Yeah, so this book that came out by uh, Kenneth Sewell, and Clint Richmond, Red Star Road, The Untold Story of a sub Soviet Submarine's Nuclear Strike Attempt on the U.S. That's where they floated this uh, theory that the Soviets had attempted to do a strike on Pearl Harbor. But it wasn't until these long classified photos that were collected by uh, the CIA that were aboard a another U.S. submarine, the Halibut, had actually gone down to look for the wreck of 129, and it took them a while to find it, but they actually took these photographs, and they stayed secret for decades, and it wasn't until they came out in this documentary, The Real Hunt for Red October, that that was kind of the smoking gun, if you will, that this actually happened. We see, we see the wreck, and we can see, actually, that the missile tubes were open, well, and you can actually see the weapons. Yeah, they, they look to be in, in uh, one in mid-launch. And in um, another, the missile tube is open and the other is coming out. Now, this, this submarine, we're told rogue elements of the KGB attempted to launch the nuclear strike from the Soviet K-129. Uh, this information also was known by U.S. Secretary of the Navy, John Lehman. John Lehman then engaged Tom Clancy. This was Tom Clancy. His book, The Hunt for Red October, was based upon this story. You'll, uh, they, they point in the book and they remind the reader that Ronald Reagan kept pointing to Hunt for Red October because this was a way to advise the American people without letting them know top secret information that something like this existed. Now they changed the storyline around and uh, in the hunt for red October, the uh, Sean Connery um, attempts to defect, but in the real story, they were not defecting at all. In fact, the submarine had come and was 300 and some odd miles off of Pearl Harbor. 
And you have to understand that our Navy is there. And so when you see, and, and they have images, which are in the article that you can find at theamericanreport.org. They have images showing that they were in mid-launch. Now there's some discussion as to whether they believe that the, the, the captain, in fact, stopped the launch, that the, the rogue KGB elements were attempting to launch on Pearl Harbor. But there's a lot of background information that puts to question as to whether did that really happen in the way that they're saying. There's also uh, the, the Russians or the Soviets had made some charges that we had rammed their submarine. And neither story has been um, confirmed one way or another. There's just evidence of what took place. But the underwater images that were uh, 17,000 feet on, and onto the ocean floor show those images with those megaton nuclear warheads out of their tubes being launched, the first one and the second one um, being ready to launch. So was it stopped or did something else stop that submarine from launching on the United States? You, they're not 300 miles off the shore of Pearl Harbor because they're having a practice run. But beyond that, the things that were happening at that point in history are many and great, which lead one to consider that this was a launch against the United States because of what was taking place in the Vietnam War, who was involved, who was working with who on which side. And against the United States, it was not just the Vietnamese, it was also the Soviets were training their pilots in the Soviet Union, were using, were bringing their intel into Vietnam, working against the United States, as well as the hand of China in this. You seeing something else there, Alan? No, you're absolutely right that the Soviet Union was very deeply involved in a proxy war against the United States, training those North Vietnamese pilots. They were also actually helping the Vietnamese with their surface-to-air missiles that were shooting down U.S. military aircraft. So there were actually Soviet advisors on the ground all over the Hanoi area working with the Vietnamese to shoot down our planes. And according to a lot of reports, the Soviets were actually manning those weapons. They were manning the weapons, they were training, and, and um, some background information that we've received from um, some of those uh, that were working to get back our POWs. And there, there's some horrific information that came forward from Admiral uh, James A. Ace Lyons about those POWs. But the things that were going on, the American people have not been apprised of the things that were truly happening or who was involved. And the reason that what took place then with this is, is that it, it connects to the Russian Trojan Horse Club K container missile system and Gulf Caners, intermodal cargo containers that are placed inside the wire at Florida's Port Canaveral. And again, uh, today, that connects to the Soviets, the Russians, the KGB, KGB actors. And that's why this is so concerning, because in context, 
what happened in 1968, which the American people must know about so they can extrapolate from that moment in history to what is taking place today because the Cold War continues. And we have officials in this country, Joe Biden, Mayorkas, among others, who are trying their best to destroy the United States of America. And you have to ask, who do they work for? Whose side are they on? How could they be doing the things they're doing? Why do we have open borders with people coming from China? Uh, Michael Yan, Green Beret, uh, long time at the border is saying that these are Chinese military, but we're seeing a whole lot more than that. So after this break, we will be back to continue our discussion after we hear from our sponsors, our sponsors who support the out loud truth. So after this break, we'll be right back. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? Cofix RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of Cofix RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio, where you will hear the voice of freedom, the out loud truth. For our listeners, America Out Loud Talk Radio, it plays on iHeart National Radio, their radio network. You can listen on our media player, 
on any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best-in-class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where we stream 24-7. And now you can also hear them on the podcast on those very same apps. You can find our podcast generally a couple days after our live broadcast. Welcome back, Alan Jones. Uh, Thank you. So, so what we're talking about, the witch's brew, and there's a reason that we call this the witch's brew, because this story connects to Hillary Clinton and her Uranium One deal. But before we bring our audience into that, they need to understand that on the K-129, on this submarine, there was a 42-foot-long ballistic missiles. Each one was carrying a one-megaton nuclear warhead. So this is far greater than what took place at Pearl Harbor in World War II. Also, they need to understand that the massive doors on the submarine were tightly sealed. This was keeping all salt, salt water out of the missile tubes. These powerful hydraulic arms that open them, the doors with the one megaton thermonuclear warheads, could only be activated from a a control panel, a missile control panel inside the submarine. So this is important because somebody was activating this. These were serious, real weapons. This was not a practice run of any sort. And also, this information was kept from the American people. Uh, as I said, it was only brought to them in, a, in a, a fiction form with Tom Clancy's Hunt for Red October. And that information was, for a reason, brought to the American people because they they wanted them to understand that the the co-authors said that the public not only has a right to know, but now they have a need to know. Because in the current climate of perpetual war against terrorism, we can only hope that the lessons learned from the Cold War, this one Cold War incident, will provide insights that can help us make the right choices in an increasingly dangerous post-9-11 era. That's important because we need to understand the context of this action that took place in 1978, excuse me, 1968, and apply it to the things we're seeing today. And that becomes particularly important because under the Obama administration, Barack Obama and Joe Biden brought the enemy inside the wire at Port Canaveral. They did this with the Gulf with Gulf Tainer. Gulf Tainer had gone into a joint venture with Rostec Rosoborn Export, the brother and business partner of Hamid Diajafar is Dr. Jafar Diajafar. He was Saddam Hussein's nuclear mastermind. He worked for the Russians, the Soviets, if you will. He worked with Yevgeny Primakov. Yevgeny Primakov figures into what happened with the K-129. Yevgeny Primakov, of course, was the bear in the desert, a mastermind spy. He is the one who created the Islamic Bloc. The Islamic Bloc is an operation, perestroika deception, if you will, the scissor strategy, 
even more, where the Russians and the Chinese were working together, but they were also working with actors in the Middle East, including Iran and Iraq. And they were working toward the demise of the United States, whom they called the big, the big Satan and Israel. So what happened when Hillary Clinton put through the Uranium One deal, that information has now been put in context by the Durham report. How so? The Durham report shows that in July of 2016, they began the Russia collusion operation to destroy Donald Trump in order to cover up Hillary Clinton's Uranium One deal. When they were handing over U.S. uranium, 20% of U.S. uranium to the Russians. Why is that important? Well, because if the Russians have, which they do, our uranium, then they can launch a nuclear weapon on us and it will have our own nuclear signature. I find it most interesting who the man was who delivered that uranium to Moscow. Alan, that was our one-time well, FBI director. Do you find that a little curious? Yes, it's very curious. And that came out actually from a State Department cable that was leaked through WikiLeaks, revealing that the uh, discussion was about coordinating exactly how Robert Mueller was going to arrive at an airport in Moscow with the uranium sample in hand that, according to the story, was captured from Georgia. But we don't know exactly where that uranium came from, but he was giving uranium to the so to the uh, Russians, actually to the SVR, which is the uh, descendant of the KGB. Exactly. So the, the SVR is what used to be the KGB. But understand that the oligarchs that run Russia were all KGB, including those who were involved with Rostec Rosoborn export. Now, it's also important to understand some of the information that had come forward. Now, we've written several pieces about this, but the idea that Hunter Biden left a lunch with Xi Jinping when he was vice president and he flew to Moscow and he facilitated energy deals between the Chinese and the Russians. So take that in. Hunter Biden was facilitating energy deals between Russia and China, helping them to corner the global energy markets. The world runs on energy. Understanding that, one must ponder why Joe Biden came in and he closed the spigots, the drilling. We're energy independent, but Joe Biden closed off our energy. Initially, he was buying 21% of our energy, 21% of the energy that the American people need from Russia. Also, Joe Biden handed over our strategic petroleum reserve that is held in reserve always should this country end up in a war. Right now, we're looking at a two-front war, but Joe Biden gave our strategic petroleum reserve to China. Do you find that odd, Alan? You know, it definitely appears that Joe Biden is doing everything he can to make sure that we are not prepared to win the next major great power war. 
That's draining our petroleum reserves, draining our inventory of ammunition and weapons because it's all being shipped to Ukraine and who knows where it's going past Ukraine onto the black market. He's making sure that we are not ready. Well, beyond which, when you don't have energy, you're inflating our dollar. So Joe Biden is doing everything he can to destroy not only the U.S. dollar, but the petrodollar. We've seen the BRICS now working in concert against the United States, including the Saudis, with their own uh, metals-backed currency. Instead, Joe Biden is cutting off our spigots, draining our strategic petroleum reserve, beyond which... Mayorkas is opening our borders, okay, wide open borders. If you have no border, you have no country. No country has no borders. You don't exist otherwise. So what we're seeing is Mayorkas, they're lying out of both sides of their mouth. Our borders are open. Running across our borders are what Michael Yan is calling Chinese military, armies of Chinese military. Also, the Chinese are running the cartels at our borders. We're not seeing families coming in. We're seeing young military age men. They're also beyond bringing enough fentanyl that could kill the entire country in short order. But also just this past year, 109,000 Americans, mostly young men, more than uh, have died in other wars, 109,000 Americans dead from fentanyl. The fentanyl, the the new opium wars are being run on the United States by China with the help of the cartels. They're also running all these people into the country. They're planting them, if you've seen the maps, in red areas. That concern you? Absolutely. The border is very concerning, and General McInerney explained this very well just a few days ago, that all these... Uh, military-aged men coming through the Darien Darien Gap into the United States uh, potentially could then be given arms and then overrun our bases, such as the missile fields up in Montana and our strategic bomber bases like we have at Barksdale in Louisiana and like we have in Whiteman in Missouri. You put that together with Russia's Club K container missile system, which can launch cruise missiles uh, from inside the United States. It could be smuggled through ports such as uh, Port Canaveral that's controlled by uh, Rostec's partner, Gulf Tainer. That together is a very serious scenario and very dangerous. Well, not to mention that Joe Biden let the, the Chinese balloon, the size of a school bus, traverse the United States around our most sensitive areas gathering information and did not shoot it down until it had finished traversing our nuclear triad and had already delivered all of its information back to China. Can anyone, um, this is, this is what's taking place is beyond the hunt for red October of as far as what the mystery is and what is taking place in this country. Uh, 
also, Alan, it's important that our listeners understand the Kate 129, Robert Gates delivered information back to the Russians. He let them believe that we had only pulled up one half of the K129. So they didn't know, they were not aware that we knew that they had attempted to launch on us. So whether there were KGB who were running this operation, rogue KGB, or rather whether it was simply an operation by their government against this country is, is a question that we must consider. But the fact that Robert Gates had delivered only partial information, only what he thought that they should have, then the rest of the information, when the Clinton administration came in, they sent Strobe Talbot and James Woolsey, and they delivered more information, correct? Yes. So actually, the U.S. had a delegation sent over to Moscow under Bill Clinton. And this is while, while James Woolsey was the director of the CIA. And they actually presented a bell which had been retrieved from the wreck of K-129, which was basically a giant telegraph from the Clinton administration and the traitors in the Clinton administration to the KGB, which at the time was headed by none other than Yevgeny Primakov, who worked with Dr. Jafar, Dia Jafar, who's connected to Gulf Kaner, and basically alerted the Soviets that, hey, we got the entire sub because of the location of the bell. That was a game changer. And that was, uh, that was Absolutely. Bill Clinton working with Moscow, just like he traveled to Moscow when he was a college student at Oxford. Well, yes. So when he was kicked out of Oxford and his roommate was um, Strobe Talbot. Why is that important? Well, Strobe Talbot was part of this delegation that delivered the bell from the K-129 that showed that we had both ends of the submarine. Now they knew that we had the, the information that they had launched on us. Why is that important? Well, because you know now we know that this was not simply an espionage war. It was not just a one side against the, the other. It was a deadly struggle of irreconcilable ideologies where the defeat of the other system was the sole goal. So those those on the other side are those who embrace the ideology of communism and their, their end and has been for a very long time was to defeat the United States and capitalism. As you, we've heard from Vladimir Putin, he said before a large crowd at an event, I like communism and I like it still. I liked communism and I like it still. So we're, we're seeing Strobe Talbot, who was the head of the Brookings Institution, who is connected to the Russia collusion operation of today and the Durham report. The Durham report makes clear that the Russia collusion operation began as an effort to, to cover up Hillary Clinton's Uranium One deal. The Uranium One deal and the Gulf Tainer deal where they brought the enemy inside the wire with a, a weapon system that launched nuclear, biological, chemical weapons into Port Canaveral, went through at the same time. That is important. 
because now you've got the uranium and the delivery system for such a nuclear weapon. And Alan, it's important that our audience understands Gulf Tainer and the Jafar family also are connected to the Chinese through another operation. And that operation connects them to Hutchison Wampoa, who was inspecting our cargo containers for the United States as they came into our ports. Yes. So Gulf Tainer is part of the Crescent Group and Crescent Enterprises based out of the United Arab Emirates. Now, Crescent also invested in a aviation operation called Gamma Aviation, and that was also a joint venture with Hutchison Wampoa. So Gamma Aviation is the bridge between Gulf Tainer and China. Correct. And so so the audience understands, you know, as we do these pieces and 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 Port Canaveral and the perfect storm, we generally have to downstream and look at how they've downstreamed their their uh, mergers and and acquisitions in order to find out how they are connected. In fact, we had someone from inside their company that was giving us information. But we will be back after these messages from our sponsors, our sponsors who stand for the out loud truth. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to the National Security Hour on the, on the America Out Loud Network, where you will hear the voice of truth, the out loud truth. With me today is Alan Jones, and we're presenting our new paper, which you can find at the American Report. Um, it's important that the, the CIA's uh, deep ocean images of the K-29, that had remained classified, Alan, for more than a half of a century. Uh, after the Russian Golf II-class diesel electric ballistic missile submarine sank to the bottom 17,000 feet to the ocean floor. Those images that came forward in which we have those, those images in our paper, it revealed those two ballistic missile armed nuclear warheads. So they were partially ejected. So they were in, in the midst of launching. 
So this, it shows that the third missile tube, by the way, was still closed. The idea that John Lehman, U.S. Secretary of the Navy, uh, while they kept the information secret, they also made sure that Tom Clancy wrote the book, The Hunt for Red October, so that the American people would begin to understand what had been underway and the dangers that we face from enemies. We had the Soviets launching, and it would have been a far greater weapon system that launched on Pearl Harbor than what had taken place in World War II. So to understand that as this information came forward and, and uh, in fact, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, he had given them a fail-safe system so that the Soviets didn't accidentally launch and that was an important piece of information. But there's other things that happened that of the timeline that we've put together, Alan, the other things that surrounded what took place at the very same time. So importantly, so uh, President Kennedy had been assassinated in 1963. And in fact, today, the anniversary today was uh, the anniversary of the USS Liberty in 1967, where the Israelis attacked a United States vessel, the USS Liberty. They killed 34 Americans. They knew it was an American ship. For some reason, this information has been covered up for some time. Uh, another 171 uh, crew members were wounded. Uh, that's not the only thing that took place. We also knew, as, as the timeline comes to, to the fore, and we put all these points of interest timeline-wise because oftentimes timelines reveal something more. Um, we, we know from our work on its clues to Obama's mysterious ID that Frank Marshall Davis was a Soviet spy. He was giving information to the Soviets about uh, the land in Hawaii. He was caught um, with Morse code in sending images to the Soviets. That information didn't come from a book or from someone telling us about it. That came from the FBI vault. Alan, didn't you find that particularly interesting, particularly in light of the timeline and what that revealed? Yes. In fact, the FBI files on Frank Marshall Davis, which are very extensive, say, quote, Marshall Davis was observed photographing large sections of the Hawaii coastline with a camera containing a telescopic lens. Informant stated that Davis spent much of his time in this activity. He said that this was the third different occasion Davis had been observed photographing shorelines and beachfronts. Informant advised that it did not appear he was photographing any particular objects, unquote. So that's very interesting. When you put that together with the K-129 attempting a nuclear strike on Pearl Harbor in 1968. And interestingly, Barack Obama's mother, Stanley Ann Dunham, who went to the University of Hawaii, she met Barack Obama Sr. there. They met in the Russian language class. Uh, at, at that point, in 1967 of October, Stanley Ann departs Hawaii and moved to Jakarta, Indonesia with her six-year-old son, Barack Obama. So how many months before the Soviets launch, and, and remember, it's not 
in, at question. Stanley Ann uh, was a communist. Her mother and father were also communists. They were also Freemasons. Yes, there's only about a five-month period between when Stanley Ann Dunham and young baby Barack Obama, well, six years old, leave the Honolulu area and the date in which K129 attempted this launch, five months. Yeah. And a few months before uh, this happens, Frank Marshall Davis publishes his book, and this is Barack Obama's mentor, uh, Sex Rebel. He publishes that um, under his uh, name, Bob Green. But Frank Marshall Davis, um, I think most people know, was part of NAMBLA, the National Man-Boy Love Association. And he believed in pedophilia. So these are very interesting people. But in timelines, the, things, the other things that were taking place was in 1968, and this is a very important piece to this. In 1968, North Korea captured uh, the U.S. Navy spy ship, the USS Pueblo, and they took the Pueblo and its 83 crew members hostage. Why was this important? The reason it's especially important is because on the Pueblo was information, machinery, that would have been able to decrypt our communications didn't you find that a particularly interesting piece, Alan? Yes, and especially when you connect that to um, the fact that there was a uh, spy, John Walker, who was a U.S. Navy warrant officer, who then uh, reported to the Soviet embassy in Washington, D.C., and started bringing them all sorts of classified information. Now, Walker has been working... Uh, first, he started as a radio man aboard U.S. Navy submarines. Then he worked his way up to a submarine communications center in Norfolk, Virginia. And then he starts giving uh, all sorts of information about cryptography to the Soviets. Yeah. So he had to have let them know that this cryptographer machine was on board the Pueblo. That's why they took the Pueblo. Now, why that crew didn't destroy the machinery uh, as they were being taken over, I don't know. But it's a, a particularly interesting piece that Walker exposed that information to the Soviets. Okay. Uh, also interesting is what took place with the Scorpion at this same point in time. So the scorpion is then lost, all hands. That's in 1968 of May. And that's uh, questionable, but keep in mind something. So at, at this point, we're, we're in, in this war. They are demoralizing the American people. That the, the very week that the K-29 was launching, on the United States or an attempted launch is the same week of the Tet Offensive. There were 500 of our troops killed, 2,500 uh, had been wounded. And in that one year, over 16,000, we lost over 16,000 troops in that one year. So understand that, you know, the American people were being demoralized. The 
chaos and confusion that was ruling at the very same time with the weathermen and the the uh, the uh, violence in the country. And and believe me, Bill Ayers, just the man in Barack Obama's neighborhood, it is no small thing that they were working together for a very long time. Did I lose you, Alan? Of course, Bill Ayers was working with the Vince Ramos Brigade out of Cuba. And Cuba, of course, is a very important Soviet satellite. In fact, it's just now been revealed that um, Cuba is actually going to be the site of a brand new Chinese surveillance station, according to reports, where they're going to be, you know, maybe a hundred and some miles off the coast of the United States, collecting yeah. all kinds of signals intelligence. So, so now the Chinese are going to be working off of Cuba, but it's important to understand and putting that in context is that Bill Ayers was working with the Chinese for a very long time. Bill Ayers, when you're talking about the Venceremos Brigade, they, the Venceremos Brigade is where they were working out of Cuba to train Middle Eastern terrorists. Bill Ayers was involved in that, as well as working with the Chinese with the weathermen, as well as perpetrating the chaos and confusion, the violence, the same mess that is being uh, pushed upon the, the, the United States and its people with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. You, the division and chaos is with purpose. And of course, Bill Ayers worked with Cuba with the Vince Ramos Brigade, and Cuba is where the Soviets were setting up their missile launching sites that we were able to detect, which was what um, preceded the Cuban Missile Crisis, which almost brought us to World War III. And then just a few years later, you have the K-129 incident off of Pearl Harbor that the American people did not know about for many, many years. Well... This this is all one ideology at war with the other. And the idea that Barack Obama is a longtime trained communist, that's what Bill Ayers is, that's who he was working with. The entire Biden administration appears to support, support communism. Everything that they're doing is toward the destruction of the United States. And let's talk about James Woolsey again. James Woolsey was the undersecretary of the Navy under Jimmy Carter. He had also been CIA director under Bill Clinton, and he was involved in this operation to give the bell for the K-129 over to Primakov, who then worked with Dr. Jafar Jafar, whose brother is the co-owner of Gulf Tainer. Now, also, um, James Woolsey was a defendant of uh, Jonathan Pollard, who had been arrested by FBI agents while he was leaving the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. in 1985. He passed secrets to the Israelis, and the Israelis subsequently passed those secrets to the Soviets. But Woolsey thought that Pollard should be released from prison, and he wrote an editorial about that in the Wall Street Journal, and a lot of people were just astounded about this. Well, not only that, he wrote an editorial in Israel in the Jerusalem Post, I believe, saying that the United States, that the people were anti-Semitic. So it was interesting that under James Woolsey, two spies were caught, one being Pollard, Aldridge Ames being the other. But their handler in both cases was 
you have Genny Primakov, the bear in the desert that was working out of Iraq. And that's important because who was working with Yevgeny Primakov as well? Well, that would be Dr. Jafar, Dia Jafar, Saddam Hussein's nuclear mastermind. The idea that James Woolsey is working and, and working with uh, delivering this bell, which then alerted the Russians, the Soviets, that we had gotten all of the information but I'd also suggest that you put this also in the context that James Woolsey is the one who set up General Michael Flynn. And why is that important? Because General Michael Flynn understands the intelligence community like no one else had, would have been able to in the Trump administration. So it was imperative that they move General Flynn out of the Trump administration so that President Trump did not have that insight as to what was taking place, something that only General Flynn could have alerted him to. That was James Now, Wilson. as we explained in the perfect storm, of course, the Iraqis did have weapons of mass destruction, and those were uh, included nuclear weapons that were developed by Dr. Jafar Dia Jafar with help from the KGB and Primakov. And they also had a massive uranium enrichment operation to create the weapons-grade fuel that they needed for Saddam's era bomb. And it was Primakov who helped Dr. Jafar move this uh, nuclear material and nuclear weapons out of Iraq and into Syria and other neighboring countries in 2003, during the months leading up to Operation Iraqi Freedom, when the U.S. troops went in. So, so Primakov helped Dr. Jafar cover up the evidence. And then, of course, Primakov is the one who received this bell from the K-129, thanks to Woolsey and the Brookings Institution's Strobe Talbot at the State Department. And the Brookings Institution connects to the Durham report. And the information that came out of the Durham report that they were attempting to cover up the Uranium One deal, but also those who were at the very, the, the seedlings to the Russia collusion, that goes back to Nellie Orr, a Russian expert that worked for the CIA, at least for six years that we, she admits to. And she was working with also, that information was coming from James Baker, James Baker had been the FBI general counsel. He then became the deputy general counsel at Twitter, where he was hiding, censoring information so that the American people could not be alerted, not only to the truth of Dennis Montgomery, Hammer and Scorecard, our many papers on Hammer and Scorecard, after James Baker gave those immunity agreements to, to Dennis Montgomery, the CIA whistleblower. He then censored our work on that, but also he went to work for the Brookings Institution. Are there any coincidences? Our, our FBI used to say there are no coincidences. No, they're not. It was in 2018 that Baker joined the Brookings Institution as a visiting fellow. So all these threads weave together into a tapestry that connects K129 to the Clinton administration, to Woolsey, to the Brookings Institution, the B.S. Stroke Talbot, and Barack, to Hillary Obama, Clinton. Barack Obama's family, Frank Marshall Davis. Yeah. 
Yeah, Hillary Clinton, Uranium One, Golf Caner, the Club K, Hutchison Wampoa. Uh, we are surrounded. We are steeped in traitors and communists. The trader class has taken control, but there's many more of us, as General Flynn likes to say, than there, there, there are of them. And it's important that the American people understand that because we have met our match as far as those who are willing to take down this country to go into the new world order. Understand the new world order is the new communist world order. And on that note, uh, Alan, last words, please. Yes, we want to thank our listeners and remember that the, the Cold War never really ended. The perestroika deception, as explained to us, shows that the Cold War never ended. The Russian Federation really is no different from the Soviet Union. They like communism and they like it still. And they are attempting people within our own country to bring us into World War III toward our destruction. So to our audience, thank you for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear and the epic battle to defend the United States of America.